This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move on to these running backs. We all have Alvin Kamara as a top four running back this week. Uh, Zach, you have him at two. I personally have him at four. It seems like you're expecting these crazy target numbers to continue. Yeah, 100%. And just, you have to look at his utilization, and it's just, it just screams off the page. I didn't think that he was going to come back and have this type of role because we saw that the Saints backfield was a little bit crowded. We knew, we knew Kendra Miller might be part of the equation here. Jamal Williams was supposed to come back and have some sort of role. But it doesn't matter if Jamal Williams is getting carries as long as Alvin Kamara is getting this ridiculous target share. He's being used as a wide receiver at this point. And <laughs> that's all you can ask for. That's going to give you a huge advantage against other running backs. And the fact that I have him at two, you might be surprised that some people have Austin Eckler over him. I haven't seen enough from Austin Eckler to tell me that he's going to be worth ranking over Alvin Kamara right now. Look at the workloads they've gotten. Look at the production they've put up. Austin Eckler has, I think he has like 16 points over the past two games. He's just not getting it done for you very much after that big game in week one. And I think that you look at what Alvin Kamara is doing, and that's something that nobody but Christian McCaffrey, nobody else but Christian McCaffrey is doing at this point. Alvin Kamara, his expected fantasy points per game is just way up there. And it's not just the expected fantasy points per game that he's coming through on. He's actually producing at a high level too. He's scoring those points. We put out that post the other week. Yeah, I think I think it was a week ago. He just has these huge numbers. So Alvin Kamara, I think you look at what he's done, all of the utilization that he's getting, the production is matching it. He's got a pretty all right, a pretty all right matchup against Indianapolis this week. You can't go wrong with him. Uh, this week in your lineup. So I think putting him at two makes sense. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. I'm a big fan of Alvin Kamara, what he's done. And I don't think it's going to change. Even though Jamal Williams is getting healthier, I'm not worried about it because of the way that Alvin Kamara has been producing. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I, I do like Eckler more than him, you know, going up against Chicago at home. I think this is a get right spot for him. I don't think he's going to get the type of utilization that he's got recently, you know, coming back from that injury. Listen, like last week, you know, Eckler only had two targets, caught one of them. 
right? I, I don't right. expect that type of you know utilization moving forward. Um, I do expect him to get his five, six, seven targets that we're used to seeing. Um, now, there are 36 running backs who's had at least 50 carries this season. Uh, Kamara ranks second last in yards after contact and ranks fifth last in missed tackles force per attempt. Okay. But hey, the name of the game is volume and he's getting that volume and he's being peppered in the receiving game. The Colts are top 10 in giving up the most yards per reception to running backs as well. Okay. So he's lined up for another great game. Will we see Jamal Williams working on early downs? Maybe, especially given how bad Kamara has been from an efficiency standpoint in the run game. Dennis Allen did say that he was on a pitch count last week, but until that happens, all the volume is Kamara's right now, and that's really all that matters. Moving into right. moving into week eight, I, I think it's 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 worth noting that you did throw out those rushing stats, but I'm not concerned about the rushing stats with Alvin Kamara. That's just like the icing on top. You know what I'm saying for the receiving production. The main course for Alvin Kamara comes in that receiving game. He's getting those targets. If he's catching seven, eight passes a game, he's going to have to have 30 or 40 yards minimum with that. That's giving you a nice floor. Anything that he gets in the rushing game, I don't care if he's averaging three yards a carry. If he gets a couple more carries on top of that, I'm perfectly fine with that. This is like Rashad White (laughs) 2.0 at this point. Yeah, yeah. I I personally don't expect Kamara to continue to catch seven, eight balls a game. Like I'm expecting this to normalize a little bit, four or five catches at some point. Um, you know, once that target share for like Chris Olave matches up a little bit, that's and we'll get to Chris Olave in a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I'm just saying, enjoy while it lasts. Um, this is a similar situation to Kyron Williams, right? Kyron Williams, also extremely inefficient, but the volume on a good offense, touchdowns, right? It's like who cares, right? He's like a top right. 10 running back, no matter what fantasy running back, regardless, despite him being inefficient on the ground. Similar situation with Kamara, except he's getting the more high value uh, fantasy, you know, fantasy uh, opportunity, which is a shit ton of targets right now. Um, I have Raheem Mostert at five, Zach. You have him all the way down at 10. Uh, the Dolphins are at home. He absolutely went off against the Patriots the last time they faced off. Uh, he's coming off a tough matchup against Philly, uh, but he's had top three top five finishes this year, and, and this Miami run game is probably the best in the league. H- help me understand why you have him so low. All right, so Raheem Mostert, he's, he's great. You know, obviously, he's had these big games. He's had a couple of down games, too. Last week, one of them was against Philly. I'm looking at Jeff Wilson potentially having a higher role, a, a larger role, I should say, in this one. I'm not saying he's going to take all of it. He's going to take a significant amount, but there's going to be enough. I think that Raheem Mostert sees a little bit less work. Now we know that Raheem, uh, not Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson wasn't hundred percent last week. He did come back, but he wasn't hundred percent. I think that he could be incorporated into the backfield a little bit more. And I don't want to bet against what the, the dolphins have been able to do in the passing game. In, la- in the last game against Patriots, it wasn't necessarily on par on par. It wasn't really doing what they usually, what we usually see them do. I think you look at what the Dolphins have done on offense, and you have to say that it, it tends to tip one way or the other. I think that we saw them do good things in the run game against the Patriots last week. I think that this week we could see them do it in the passing game against the Patriots. So I, I'm not tempering expectations too much with Raheem Mostert, but I do think that having him at five is a little bit much. I think he's like as must-start as you can get at the running back position uh, because of the type of option he presents. <laughs> no, no, no. But like having him at 10, 
it doesn't scream must start to me. Like you have to have him in your lineup. Obviously, you're gonna start all your RB ones for sure. Yeah. Right. But um, for for me, it's like the type of upside that he presents. Like there's not that many running backs outside over him, especially with Devon Asian still banged up. You know, Patriots aren't that great against the run. This is just screams like you know, just have to have him have to have him in your lineup. You know, type of running back. You know, for me. Um, another guy that I have to have in lineups moving forward is Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift. They're both in our top 10 this week. Uh, Jameer Gibbs also in our top 10, fourth highest expected fantasy points based on his opportunity last week. Uh, I've been getting a lot of Gibbs questions. Like, he's a must start, right? Get him in your lineup, right? The Raiders yeah. have been giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. They're bottom 10 in yards per carry given up to running backs. Uh, they give up, on average, a rushing touchdown um, – one rushing touchdown to running backs per game. Okay. So get him in your lineup. Um, you know, the, the amount of opportunity that he saw in the receiving game last week, that's exactly what you want to see. Hopefully we see something very similar this week. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. And you mentioned that rushing touchdowns that that's exactly what you, you want to hear for running back that just scored his first rushing touchdown last week. And I think that the game script is going to be a lot better in this game for Jameer Gibbs than it was against the Ravens last week when they were just playing from behind completely. So maybe he does lose some of those targets that he was getting, but it still looks like it's going to be the Jameer Gibbs show. And there's nothing you can really take away from him from a talent perspective that tells you if he gets that same type of volume, you know, he's going to have the same type of week that he had. It could even be better. I also like the matchup a lot. I think that Jameer Gibbs, he's he's still being underutilized. And we've been saying this the whole time. That's our gripe this whole season, that he's not getting the type of workload that he should be getting. I think we could see that rushing workload this week that's going to really just demonstrate that he is the guy they drafted and that they should be using him more even once David Montgomery comes back. Keep an eye on Kenneth Walker. Uh, two missed practices now. Okay, his Friday practice status will tell us a lot. Uh, I'd be prepared to not have him this week, potentially, just in case. You got to be prepared for that. Okay, Zach Charbonnet did get a full practice in, so I, I'd be starting him uh, in Walker's place if he were to miss as an RB2, even with the tough matchup against Cleveland. Okay, if Walker ends up playing uh, you know, fire him up as you normally would, but I do have him outside my top 10 because of the tough matchup and also, you know, low-key because of the fact that, you know, there are no teams on bye this week, okay? So, like, right. it's, you know, you're not going to see these typical guys in your top 10 like you normally would. Yeah, um, I think I think if the matchup were a little bit better, he would be inside that top 10. He might even be, like, a top I eight, think so. You know what I'm saying? But the matchup yeah. just isn't that good. We haven't seen a lot of teams really play well against the Browns defense, except for the Colts last week of all teams. <laughs> right. The Colts with Gardner right. Minshew, a quarterback, do that. But yeah, and you also mentioned, it sure is nice having no bye weeks this week. Like It just feels like we've been getting reamed since they started. Like Everybody's on bye now. Nobody on bye. It's a nice little break in between. It's like the eye of the storm, because they're going to be back next week. This is a family show, Zach. This is a family show. <laughs> um, Got to start Isaiah Pacheco against Denver. Uh, that's obvious. Brian Robinson. I'm sorry, Bijan Robinson. Please, sorry. I'm so sorry, Bijan. Didn't mean to do that to you. Uh, Bijan Robinson, fire him up as a high end RB two this week in a tough matchup. The headache seems to be gone. This is a tough matchup, but hopefully he'll be used to turn the receiving game. That's where his bread and butter is. Josh Jacobs also has a tough matchup this week. You know, inefficient plus a tough matchup in Detroit. Don't love him this week, but he's getting so much volume that he's. A little bit hard to bench. I have him at 16 this week. You know, it's kind of like eating your vegetables, right? Yeah. So we we, we have um, vegetables. Do you have vegetables <laughs> with breakfast? I don't know. <laughs> I Maybe do. I, I do. Sometimes I put spinach in my in my omelet. You know. Yeah. Maybe the day no, after. I, I will you say, Jacobs, that's when you have your vegetables. I will say, like you know, for my first meal of the day, like if I do have it, like like right now it's it's noon, 
we'll probably finish this episode by like 1230 ish. You know, a lot of times my first meal does consist of breakfast foods. Like I'll make like a four egg omelet, you know, and I'll put some spinach yeah. in there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, sometimes I do sprinkle in some, you know, maybe I'll put some, 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 some peppers, you know? So right. yeah. Yeah. Some Josh Jacobs. Do have some vegetables. Gotcha. Some Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Uh, I want to highlight Ramondre Stevenson for a sec. I have him at 18. I think this is a good matchup for him, you know, especially what could be a negative game script. The Dolphins are favored by nine and a half points. Uh, Zeke did end up getting more carries than Stevenson last week, but they were rotating drives, so Zeke just ended up having more than him. But, you know, rotating drives can be viewed as a negative thing, and probably should. But the good thing is that Ramondre has run around on 59% and 55% of routes over the last two weeks. Uh, Zeke was down at 30 and 12% the last two weeks. That's that's good news for Ramondre, on top of the fact that he's getting target shares of 20 and 21% the last two weeks. That's what you want to see. Uh, that's where he, he's going to bring his fantasy value. Let's hope that continues. You know, Let's hope he continues to be used in the receiving game. It seems like him and Rashad White can potentially keep their fantasy value afloat with this type of usage in the receiving game. Yeah, and that makes sense. I think the other thing that could help, I don't think Zeke is going to keep scoring these goal line touchdowns. Like, I think at some point they're going to have to turn over to Ramondre Stevenson in those situations. Zeke has more inside the five attempts, according to Fantasy Life, you know, over the past couple of weeks. He's out snapping Ramondre Stevenson three to one over the past two weeks. And before that, he, Ramondre Stevenson only had one game before that where they you, had. You, just, 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 to, just to clarify, just to clarify, he's out snapping him at the goal line, you mean, right? Not yes, overall. Yes. Okay. Yeah, not overall at the goal line. Yeah. He's three to one at the goal line over the past two weeks. And then in the five games before these past two weeks for the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson only had one game with an inside the five attempt. And he had all he had it was just one because the Patriots offense up to that point was just abysmal. So <laughs> they didn't really have any goal line attempts to go around. So I think that there's you can still hold out on Ramondre Stevenson maybe getting some of those points, even if it's not even if he's not scoring touchdowns, he could have those opportunities come up too. And if they add that into his workload on top of the receiving work, like you just mentioned, like there's still time for Ramondre Stevenson to turn things around. He hasn't done, he hasn't been exactly what we want him to be this season so far, but he he has that potential. I it's it just blows me away. I don't know why Zeke is still getting these carries. Like it's great. I like seeing him score just because you know Cowboys fan of me, but he shouldn't be getting those touches. He shouldn't be getting first cracks at least. At the goal line touches over Ramondre Stevenson. It should be Ramondre Stevenson, then Zeke on like third down if they really need to punch it in. Kareem Hunt, uh, he's going to get some extra opportunity this week with Jerome Ford out. By the way, Jerome Ford came back to practice today. Okay. Yeah. I saw probably that. still, yeah. probably still going to be out this week, but that's good news for Jerome Ford and kind of goes along with what you were talking about on Wednesday's buy sell show zach right you were talking about selling zeke i'm sorry selling kareem hunt here right, right. it's funny how i Which put these like running back are we old, talking about? yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um you know I i'm looking at my rankings here i have kareem hunt a little bit too high i think uh you have him down at 24 i'm not realizing that the seahawks are allowing the lowest yards per carry to running backs this year so this is a tough matchup and uh, you know the brown strength on offense is their run game and their defense so and they got two wins without Deshaun Watson, right? So, yeah. like, the, the game script's likely going to be there. The Seahawks are only favored by three and a half points at home. So, the, I think the volume can still be there for this run game. Now, Hunt hasn't practiced in full yet this week as of Friday morning, right? So, we'll see if he gets that full practice today. If not, you know, we should expect 
Pierre Strong to be, you know, pretty involved, right? And I'm going to move him down a few spots, actually, you know, after the show. Uh, but if he doesn't get a full practice on Friday, I might have to move him down a little more. Yeah, and that's just the combination of factors going into this game is what has me just leery of starting Kareem Hunt. I don't want to say that you shouldn't, but you look at it. The good things, and the things that are working in your favor is that Jerome Ford might not play. And I'm still going to go ahead and assume he doesn't. I know you just mentioned that report. I'm still going to assume he doesn't. Yeah. So I don't Jerome Ford won't play. He'll but, have a... Okay, I'm sorry to cut you off here, but the, okay. but the thing here is that the interesting note is that if he's practicing already... Like what? Did he really have a, like a legit high ankle sprain? You know what I'm saying? Like it seems yeah. like this might not have been. You know, we're talking about. I I said on Wednesday's show like hey, there's no such thing as a mild high ankle sprain, and he, you know usually these guys out, are out for three to four weeks. But if he's already coming back to practice, then there's a chance that he's back next week, and this might not even have been a true high ankle sprain. Yeah, this whole situation is fluid. It's probably there's a chance it changes, but I'm gonna uh, operate off the assumption that Jerome Ford doesn't play. And I have him at 24. I'm going to say it because he has that workload working for him. But you also mentioned a tough matchup and also the game script, the way that the Browns are going to have to rely on the run game. Like they're not going to want to put the ball in PJ Walker's hands again, over and over and over. So I, I think that Kareem Hunt, his workload's locked in. He's not efficient though. You know, so if he's going to be getting the workload, but he's not efficient, I think that's borderline RB2, maybe RB3. And I, I just, I'm just not that big a fan of what Kareem Hunt has to offer right now. He's also hyper-efficient in the touchdown department over the past two weeks. He has three touchdowns, not a whole lot of yardage to go with it. So if the Browns offense finally does kind of crash and burn, they've been standing on those legs a little bit. They're a little shaky of the run game. If that comes down, we might not see a big game from Kareem Hunt again. And that's why I was calling him a sell earlier this week. I have him at 24 right now. It's a very wobbly situation. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the app store today. I have Daryl Henderson at 21. Zach and Tyler don't agree at all. Um, they have him outside their top 30. Um, I, I just think there's going to be points in this game. Um, this is a good offense. You know, Henderson will likely be their goal line guy on top of him, on top of him leading the backfield. He was one of my sales on Wednesday, and I think you should still sell him. But I, I think yeah. he's a back-end RB2 this week, and I'll, I'll be assuming that he gets elevated once again from the practice squad on Saturday. Of course, if you plan on starting him, make sure that he's activated on Saturday. Okay, that's a very <laughs> important note. That's not that's not guaranteed. I think it's going to happen, but it's not guaranteed, okay? Um, and, and, you know, they can activate a player off the practice squad three times before they sign him to the 53-man roster if they want him to play, and I'm assuming they will, um, before yeah. they have to sign him to a contract. So, just, just wondering here, Zach, like, outside the top 30, you know, for, you know, a running back who's probably the starter and the main goal line back for a good offense. Is this a product of this Dallas defense? 
Yeah, it is. And that has a lot to do with it. And this is just from what I've seen so far from the Cowboys defense. They either have a great game against running backs or they have a not so good game against running backs. But they've shut down guys like Brees Hall. They've shut down Austin Eckler. Obviously, he wasn't fully healthy. But it's a tough matchup for the Rams. And I think that the bread and butter for the Rams is the passing game. If they have to lean on that, that's where Dallas should be attacked. They have the young guy at corner, Deron Bland. So they can attack him with either Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua. I think it's going to be a passing day. For the Rams. And they also look at the Cowboys. They're only allowing 17 points to running backs. That's one, two, three, four, five, seventh, according to the fantasy life. They have their defense versus position. You can check that out. But that's seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs right now. The Cowboys are allowing. So I think that the game script, if it is high scoring, do you think it's going to be a lot of Daryl Henderson or do you think it's going to be a lot of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? That's where my reservation comes from with Daryl Henderson. Now, could he punch in a goal line touchdown? Maybe. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. The way that you can play against the Cowboys, if it's going to be high scoring, it's going to be in the passing game. So I I think that with Matthew Stafford dropping back at a high volume, he's been throwing the ball around the yard the whole season. I just don't see this suddenly becoming Daryl Henderson. It was great to see Daryl Henderson come back and have a good game, but I don't know how much I want to rely on that moving forward, especially in a tough matchup. I can see 18 to 20 touches for Henderson plus a goal line roll. And like that to me, just like is a low end RB2, if that makes sense, yeah, right? I hear you. I, 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 I see him. some running backs who are not, who are part of committees, you know, 1A, like, you know, 12 to 15 touch type of guys who aren't necessarily efficient. You know, I, I don't want to play those guys over Dal Henderson this week, if that makes sense. Um, yep, that's fine. Let's see. I got Aaron Jones. See, Aaron Jones is tricky, man. He, he's yeah, not getting he's full really practices. Tough. You know, hopefully he gets a full on, on Friday today. But until he does, like, it's really hard to trust him in my lineup. You know, last week, you know, it was mostly A.J. Dillon, right? And I'm waiting on that full practice, man, before I start him as a solid RB2. That aggravation of the hamstring that he had before week five, right before week five, before their bye, that killed it all, right? And yep. um, it seems like we have to wait a little bit more for him to be, you know, fully good to go. Like, I don't I don't think I can trust him. Like, if he doesn't get a limited practice in, I'm sorry, if he doesn't get a full practice in today, I might be like strongly looking at other options to replace him. Yeah, it's almost replacement time. And I think that's a good way to qualify it. He hasn't played over 50% of the snaps, I think, in a game this season. (laughs) He's missed a bunch of games. And when he does play, he's not getting a whole lot of touches. He's not getting a very big workload. At this point, like you can't really trust him. Now, if he's going to play this weekend, I'm going to start him. But... I, I'm just not that confident. I think that he can get it done. But at this point, you're tempering expectations to the point. Are you expecting RB1 type numbers coming from Aaron Jones anymore right now? I, I don't oh, think so. A, a, anymore, yeah. Like later on in the year once he's healthy. So he's still a buy low for me. So if, I'm, I'm, right. if I have a good record, I am definitely throwing offers at Aaron Jones. You do not have to spend a whole lot. He's cheap, right? And he's. Yeah. I can totally see like me in week 14 – 13 starting him as like a a low end rb1 i can totally see it you know um but i just it's just hard to imagine right now because of how banged up he's been you know yeah he's been Um, too banged up yeah i have amari demarcado also way ahead of my colleagues at 23 uh he was the workhorse for them last week you know he has a good matchup this week against baltimore at home i expect him to get 15 to 18 touches you know, this week with a majority of that coming in the receiving game. What's your hesitation around Demarcado this week, Zach? 
I, I'm just looking at the matchup. The game script, I don't think, is going to favor the run game at all. <laughs> if he gets I, touches, I agree. he gets some targets. I, I, I don't think the game script is going to favor that at all. And we've seen Keontae Ingram. He had that one game where suddenly he was part of the backfield. I just think it's still a little bit fluid in the backfield. I don't trust the Cardinals offense at this point. Maybe if Kyler Murray were playing, it would be a different story. But I just think that the Ravens, their defense has been playing very well. I, I'm looking at it as Murray DeMarcado. Yes, he's good in theory, but when you really when it comes down to it, you want to start him this week. Are you going to rank him over other guys? Like, uh, let's let's just look at the rankings here. Would you start Amari Demarcado over Gus Edwards in the same game? Like, I, I would start Gus Edwards. I think it, it, not in PPR, not for me. In PPR, it's Demarcado all the way. Okay, I, I see that. You don't, you don't think Gus Edwards? Out you don't of think Gu- Gus Edwards? Not a sell Gus think, Edwards. Sell Gus Edwards, yeah, please. You don't go, think he's going to have another eighty-yard reception? for us <laughs> i i don't i don't you know and i think justice hill is going to be involved as well you know it just i think i like edwards this week. like he's he's like a solid flex play upside flex play because of the matchup like i'm playing demarcado man like i don't think there's any like i don't think there's a fluid situation at all in terms of like who is their running back this week right keonta ingram was completely healthy last week and he played special teams he didn't even get one snap with the offense right and demarcado like this is what should have happened a couple weeks ago and Demarcado, like last week, 79% of snaps, okay, 64% rapid dissipation. He was a he's a wide receiver. This this is a receiving running back. Okay. <laughs> so like right. this is like the perfect time of game script that you want. Um, you know, when it comes to Demarcado, because he's gonna be on the field running a ton of routes and getting targets. Um, you know, in those games where he was, you know, playing and, and running routes and stuff like that, like, you know, 64% rapid dissipation. In two of those weeks, even last week when he saw 45% of snaps, I'm sorry, the week before, 57% rap participation, 20% targets per route run. Last week, like, I don't know. It, it's if, And if you, if you look at the matchup, the matchup is like low-key okay. Like the Ravens, you know, like in terms of, you know, they're giving up more than five yards per reception, um, which is top 12 or bottom 12, you could say, if you're talk, talking about how bad a defense right. is. Uh, and in terms of running the ball, they're top 10 in the most yards per carry given up to running backs. Um, so at home in Arizona, I just, I don't know. I, I, I like him, man. Like when, it, when a running back is given this much opportunity, I think he makes a very, very good spot start um, in, in what looks like a bad matchup on paper, potentially, because it's the Ravens. And you look at how the Lions did last week and all that, but look at what Jameer Gibbs did last week. And I'm not comparing the two talents, but at the end of the right, day, it's right. like running backs can succeed against them. I'm not overthinking it with Demarcado personally. You know, I think I think throw him in your lineup, and I think you should be fine. Um, yep. And someone I'm lower on than I think everyone else this week was Alexander Madison. I moved him all the way down to 31. You guys have have him around a low end RB two this week. Uh, even with the tough matchup, um, he has a good matchup this week against Green Bay, right? But yeah. after what we saw on Monday night with Cam Akers, more involved than ever, not something that. You know, I want to see, you know, despite Madison seemingly playing well before he pretty much got pulled for acres. It was weird. Um, maybe it was it because was. of the short week. Um, and they they want the running backs like the touches to be distributed a little bit, so like he doesn't have as much of a too much on his workload, I guess. Um, but like I don't know, you ha- you like him as a low end RB2 this week. Yeah, and that's what I've liked him as pretty much this whole season. Obviously, the efficiency hasn't been there, but I'm still seeing the workload. It wasn't like Alexander Madison got this low workload and suddenly Cam Akers got this huge workload and they who's being out touched, out snapped, that kind of thing. And I was like, no, Alexander Madison, it's just the run game wasn't there last 
week against the 49ers, which I thought they would have to rely on a little bit more. But it's Kirk Cousins throwing the ball last week. So I'm not worried about that performance. I don't want to just buy into that because before that, he's been a solid low-end RB2 the rest of the season. And in a good matchup, I think you look against the Packers, it's going to be a pretty close game. The Packers haven't been as good. The, the Vikings are on like an upswing right now. The offense has looked better. I think that you look at what you have with Alexander Madison. They don't have that big target earner in, in the passing game in Justin Jefferson still yet. That's forcing their lean on the run game a little bit more. It's actually added a little bit of security to Alexander Madison. So I'm okay with Alexander Madison here. I'm not picking him here as some ceiling play, but I think that he has a really nice floor for you and that this is where it's going to settle right here in the low end RB2 range. And that's where I project him to finish, continue to finish the rest of the season. In a good matchup, he also has a little bit of upside. So I think this might even be a little bit conservative, just as long as we don't see Cam Akers suddenly double down on that workload they got last week. And I don't want to bet on Cam Akers doing that until we see that for an extended period of time. My, my concern was last week, in week six, Alexander Madison, 78% of snaps, 82% of the rushing attempts. In week seven, 55% of snaps, 38% of the rushing attempts. And he was healthy. That's super concerning, right? So that's why I'm going to have, you know, a lot, you know, I'm going to have him down there, man, the rankings. Because on top of that, even when he was the guy, he wasn't doing anything for you. You know, he was giving you low-end RB2 numbers. He had the floor, but he yeah. wasn't giving you any sort of ceiling. So now, if he's going to have a reduced workload, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried here. So I, I do have him ranked low, even though this is a good matchup. Um, but, you know, it's tough, man. If you're going to be inefficient, right, if you're not going to really, really come through, he's had good matchups already this year, mm -hmm. and he hasn't really come through big time. And now if there's a potential for K makers to take some work out of here, like he did on Monday night, uh, I, I'm just a little bit concerned for Madison moving forward. Yeah, that makes sense for, for, for me, Madison, like you, you talk about him not coming through big time. We kind of kind of left that in 2022 and before, you know what I'm saying? He hasn't been, he, we wanted him to be that big time player this year. They said that he would be the full-time running back, you know, the lead running back. He's been a floor play this whole season. I, I don't see a problem with ranking a floor play running back as a low-end RB2 for his floor. I, I think, I think that's fine there. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because his role his role might have changed. It might have changed. Like I said, have you seen enough from Cam Akers to say that he's definitely going to be continuing to do that moving forward? No. But I've seen – I saw the game on Monday night, and the fact that Akers was more involved than he ever was. And if Madison's – listen, man. If Madison's rushing share goes below 40%, I'm going to have a really, really hard time starting him the week after. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like that, that is like the point where I'm just like, um, can I start him this week? Like, I don't know. You know, it gets yeah. a little bit, I, hear I get a little worried there. Um, I just think that the backfield is a little shaky right now to be, it was already shaky to begin with, even with Madison getting all the work. Uh, and right. now I'm just like, um, that was weird on Monday night. What happened there? Cause he wasn't hurt or anything. He just ended up not getting as much work as he normally does. We'll see. We'll see if it bounces back. The thing that, you know, the reason why this, this isn't like a very, very good running back and an efficient running back getting work taken away. Then I wouldn't really be concerned. But if there's an inefficient running back getting work taken away, then I get concerned. So that's 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 kind of my my angle here. I hear if that makes yep. sense. Um, all right, let's see. Let's move on. Um, I have Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson down as low end RB threes this week. I lean Roshan a little bit in his favor. 
if I'm playing either of them, I'm expecting a timeshare now that Foreman got his opportunity to show what he got. Who would you rather play between those two guys if you had to pick one? Between Foreman and Johnson? Uh, I'm yeah, definitely going to go pick, with Deontay yeah. Foreman. Just because okay, Deontay Rashawn Foreman. Johnson, he, he has... The, he had some receiving work, you know, early in the season, but since then he's been injured, he hasn't had a huge role. I think that they're going to ride the hot hand right now. That's the way that you're going to have to treat this backfield. Deontay Foreman is hot after last week. I think that he's going to get the majority of the rushing share again this week. But I don't think that we can rule out Rashawn Johnson working his way in as the season goes on. But just coming off the injury, he spent two weeks out with a concussion. I'm not sure how quickly they're just going to throw him back in there, especially when they had Deontay Johnson playing. Uh, not Deontay Johnson, sorry, Deontay Foreman playing as well as he did last week. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I don't expect Roshan to completely take over because Deontay Foreman, you know, did play well last week and, you know, yep. he did his thing. My, my, you know, if I had to guess, like, I, the reason why I say Roshan is because, you know, when he was set to be the guy, when Khalil Herbert went down, that's what all the beat reports were saying. And then with the concussion, all of that, you know, went to shit, right? Yeah. So now with Deontay Foreman getting to work, it's tough for me to say that, you know, one of the other would get all the work. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah. You think we'll the door has been slammed looking... shut on someone just taking a clear lead? For now. For now. I think Roshan still has some time here. Um, but also, like at this point, Clear Herbert's going to come back. He was the one right. who had the clear lead in the backfield before he got hurt. Right? The Khalil lead. Um, <laughs> the Khalil lead. Yes. A couple of other timeshares that I'm interested in seeing this week, both in the Texans and Panthers game, Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders, as well as Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. You know, these splits this week is going to tell us a lot about these backfields moving forward. Uh, Singletary, you know, very interesting start this week. Um, I do have Pierce well above him, but Singletary is a solid flex play, I think. One game sample, obviously. Uh, but because of the great matchup, I'm willing to to take a little bit of a risk there. Yeah, it's funny. It looks like Pierce is the one we all generally are in consensus on. We both, we not both, we all of us, all three of us, you mean Tyler, have him at 25. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, he's definitely low on RB2. I, I just definitely want to temper expectations with him coming into this one because you mentioned that Devin Singletary. And then also Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders. I wouldn't be surprised if Chuba Hubbard has more work. I know Miles Sanders is coming back, but Frank Reich, he answered the question about whether it just be uh, Miles Sanders' backfield when he comes back, and he didn't really commit to him. You know, he said that, uh, we're just going to kind of – and we're not going to commit to that. So I, I think that you look at Chuba Hubbard, what he's done, he's been more efficient. You, I think that he could have still a, a pretty good grip on – if you were to pick a running back to have more touches in this one, I think it could be Chuba Hubbard. Possible. Uh, check out our rankings at upperhandfantasy.com. Subscribe to our free newsletter as well. Those those come into your email inbox daily for free. Uh, tons of news, analysis, memes, all of that good stuff. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 